Welcome to So Here's the Thing, where we share candid conversations that lift the veil on what it takes to find success, even if that means sharing a few unpopular opinions. I'm your host, Leili Amati. Grab some coffee or a cocktail, and let's get real. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. We are being joined today by Melissa Lynn. Melissa is a former chemical engineer, which is so interesting, turned multiple six-figure business coach and business owner. She is a business sales and content expert in the online space. And she went from being stuck in a nine to five to making multiple five-figure months and working for herself. And now she helps other women do the same with their online businesses. So I'm going to kick it over to Melissa and let her tell us a little bit about her story because how cool is that to go from something so opposite, something like chemical engineer to business coach? Like, Tell us your story, Melissa. Hi. Thank you so much, Laylee, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. My story. Oh my goodness. It's so funny. Anytime anyone sees like my quick bio, they, I get like a head turn. I get so many head turns. Like, wait, what? Are you sure you're right about that? So yeah, I grew up in a very traditional um, family, just traditional route. So I'm actually half Chinese and my grandparents came over from Hong Kong before I was born and they really didn't learn any English. However, they did know these two words and I am not kidding when I say this. They knew the words doctor and husband. And so from a very young age, I'm not kidding, from a very young age, that was ingrained in my head. That's what success looked like. And growing up, my parents really pushed me. I was always above and beyond in school and all of the things. And so I tried to go the doctor route, couldn't handle the blood, ended up passing out in class, hot mess express, not good. So my parents settled with engineering. So I went to chemical engineering, which I really thought was a great route. You know, that's what I was told was going to make me successful. And graduated, got the nine to five, which is really more of a five to five. I was working the most insane hours, 12 hour days, 14 hour days, commuting an hour, hour and a half each way, coming in on the weekends on call 24 seven. And from the outside, it looked like I had made it, you know, I was in my early twenties, close to six figures. And I was just so miserable. I had all of these big dreams. My bubble dream was just getting bigger, bigger, bigger. You know, I wanted to be able to travel the world, go and live abroad months at a time, go fund charities, go start my own charity, just give back to the community. And I could not do this stuck in my nine to five. And so I knew I had to do something different. And this was starting to come up back in 2014, way back in the day. And what I was going through in life at that time was I was really into health and fitness. So I was actually doing some bikini competitions, how I fit that into my schedule. I don't know, but I did it. And I was really into health and fitness and social media was starting to come up and I was posting all about my journey and things like that. So if you scroll way back on my Instagram years and years ago, you'll see in all of my bikini photos, but people were starting to reach out to me. Hey, Melissa, can you help me? you look amazing. Can you help me? And so ding, ding, ding for me, I was like, oh, wow, I can help someone solve a problem that they have. And so I started to venture into my first business and I grew my first business as an online health and fitness coach while full-time in my chemical engineering career still. And I scaled that past six figures and I just loved the business side so much. 
almost went to go get my MBA. Really happy I did it because I'm literally living it right now and love the business side so much. I transitioned a little over two and a half years ago to business coaching. And that is how I went from chemical engineer to business coach and all the little things in between. I just love it so much. Now, every single day I wake up and I help women find freedom through entrepreneurship. And it's exactly what I was put on this earth to do. I love it so much. I, I don't feel like I work. It's amazing. <laughs> That is awesome. I love that you went from not just chemical engineer to business coach. It was like chemical engineer to health and fitness coach to business coach. Like that is awesome. I love that. What a fun story and like what a unique journey. Um, and I feel like as entrepreneurs, we all have like a winding path to get to wherever it is that we feel like we're not, we're not working anymore. We're doing like the work that we love and it's so rewarding. Yeah. That so is awesome. <laughs> well, I am so thrilled to have you on and thank you for sharing some of your story. We are going to dive into talking all about how to hire your first team members, who mm -hmm. to hire, how to figure out what to delegate, interviews, where to find people. Oh my gosh, the questions are <laughs> endless. And I really feel like, I mean, of course, the end result would be to scale your business. So mm -hmm. let's dive in. And I yeah. guess right off the bat, tell us a little bit about, you know, like, why it's important to even consider mm -hmm. adding in team members and, and like how to even start the process. Yes. So I'm so excited to chat about this. I was, and I mean this, I was literally the best one woman show for the longest time. And it's not a trophy that we want to be holding and carrying around. I can tell you that. But it's so important because our big goals in life, most of us, if we're service-based businesses, we want to create a bigger impact. We want to help more people. In order for us to do that, we get to serve more people. And you can only serve so many people. So you get to do this with help. You don't get to do this alone. You get to do this with help. And as you're starting, you know, if you're in the early stages of your business, you may feel like you're wearing a million different hats right now. I know when I first started my business, I was the CEO. I was a coach. I was a social media manager for my business. I was the marketing agent. I was the graphic designer. I was my own accountant. I was my own data analytics person, content creator, email marketer, literally so many hats. And it can feel exhausting and take up most of your day. And so for you, you're doing so many things in your business right now that you can start to systemize and create processes around and eventually hand off. You may even be able to automate them right now. You just don't know it yet. And so you get to start to scale because, and start to hire and delegate because you get to stay in your zone of genius. And it really depends on your end goal. There are some people who don't want to scale. They just want to do the daily tasks every single day and stay where they are. Amazing. However, that's not most of us. Most of us do want to scale, help more people grow, grow, grow. And we get to hire help for that. And so I've got like a whole exercise for us to go through for how to determine what tasks to delegate first. But we first get to realize is that we get to outsource. It's going to help you scale faster. It's going to help you help more people. And I think the biggest thing is people are afraid and feel like it costs, you know, so much money to scale and start to delegate and outsource. And it really doesn't in reality. I usually start to recommend my clients to outsource and hire when they've hit about the 3k month level, which is pretty early on in the business journey. So if you're at about that level, you get to hire ASAP. That is awesome. Yeah. I totally am such a huge advocate of outsourcing, of hiring on help. And I think, I mean, I look at 
my business now. And I'm like, I literally could not be doing the things that I do without Mm -hmm. the support that I have. So I'm excited to dive into your exercises to see like, I do feel like a huge thing that my coaching clients struggle with is how do I even decide what to delegate? Like what task can I not do myself? And I run them through some things, but I would love to hear what you run your um, coaching clients through or whoever is wondering what, like where to even start. So yeah, let's hit the road with it. I love it. Yes. So before we even dive into the exercise, I want you to start to think about all the different tasks that you do every single day. And usually it's not always because no business is cookie cutter. Usually one of the first hires you will make is probably a virtual assistant or some type of graphic designer, some type of help in that, because that usually isn't our zone of genius, unless you're a graphic designing coach or a virtual assistant coach or something along those lines. But usually that's what gets outsourced first, not always, but that's what I want you to start to think about. Now, I want you to go into this exercise with a blank piece of paper. And what I want you to do is cut it into like draw a line with your pen down the middle and then across. So Uh, four quadrants. So down and then also across the sheet. So you've got four boxes. Now, what I want you to do is number them one, two, three, and four. And in the first box, number one, top left corner, I want you to put all of the tasks that you do throughout the week that you love doing and that you're so great at. These are usually your zone of genius items, your coaching, you hopping on and going live, you doing mini trainings on social media. And then in the second quadrant, I want you to put all the things that you like to do and that you're good at. And these are the things that you're going to continue to do until you're ready to really scale, maybe get a few team members. Now in the bottom two quadrants, three and four, the third quadrant, let's put the things that you dislike and that you're good at. Like me, I am so great. It's my chemical engineering background. I'm so great at looking at numbers all day long in Excel sheets. However, it's not what I get to do every single day. I'm so good at it. doesn't mean I love doing it. So some of those things get to go in that quadrant. And then quadrant four, these are the things that you dislike and that you're not good at. These are the things that we get to delegate very, very quickly. Those things that are in both three and four, I'd recommend delegating and outsourcing ASAP. And usually a virtual assistant can take at least a few of those tasks on that you want to outsource. One of the first things we outsourced, you know, email marketing. I just, I hate having to move all of my content and my copy into the emails and tagging and all of that stuff. It just gives me a headache. So like email marketing, organizing my social media content. Those were some of the first things that I started to delegate my onboarding with my clients, my offboarding with my clients. That's all now automated, but those are the things before they were automated that we we first started to delegate. So go through that exercise and then you should see fairly quickly what things you can delegate and then you can decide, okay, who's the best person to delegate this to. That is awesome. I love that exercise. I think that people will be surprised about what they find with it as well. So that's Mm -hmm. great. Hey, my fellow creative friend, I know that being a business owner comes with a ton of admin work, but it does not have to feel overwhelming. Today's show is brought to you by HoneyBook, the CRM for creatives that I personally use in my own business. HoneyBook has made my client management, accounting, and contracting so much easier. Plus, the back end is gorgeous and very user-friendly. You can try HoneyBook for free today, plus get 50% off your first year by heading to our show notes and using the referral link there. Trust me when I say from personal experience, HoneyBook is life-changing. 
So, okay. So let's say we now have our kind of our list in place. How do you find, I know you mentioned the first person you might want to hire would be a VA. Mm-hmm. How would you recommend finding a great VA? And we've had VAs on the show before. So if you're mm-hmm. catching up um, for our listeners, catching up, make sure you go and check out uh, the couple of virtual assistants we've had interviewed on the show. But I'd love to hear from someone who has scaled their business and, and grown a team. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you find a trusted VA? So for me, I have a pretty big network just because I have grown. Um, So I usually reach out to those in my network because I usually will only work and hire those that I've worked with other people I know. I'm a big believer in referrals. And so usually that's how I hire. Now, if you are newer to your business, maybe you don't have that network yet, then what I would recommend, Facebook groups is a great spot. There's tons of online resources. There are companies and agencies that also help you find VAs. And if you don't want to reach out to an agency, Facebook groups are great. There are literally so many virtual assistant Facebook groups with thousands and thousands of virtual assistants in there looking for you. And so you can go and post your job listing in there, what you're looking for, how many hours, the pay that you're looking for. And I'm going to warn you, they're going to bombard you. And so what I would recommend is have some type of Google form or type form for them to kind of insert in applications that you can go through it without your DMs just getting absolutely bombarded because you will feel overwhelmed in this first time of you hiring, even your second or third time hiring somebody. And so I would definitely recommend one of those options first. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree with having an application uh, process in place before you start hitting the ground asking for people to apply. It can get so ridiculous. I mean, you will even, I know a lot of times on Facebook, I'll even say like, no DMs, please like head to this. And I still, my, my Facebook messenger like blows up. So it's so funny. It's so funny, but yeah, same thing. Oh, what a disaster. Um, but I love that you're, that you've advised to do that. Um, I, I use Google forms, but there's also type form. There's so many different ways to do mm-hmm. it. So that's awesome. Okay. So we've got some really great applicants. How do you find a, like the best way to conduct interviews, like what to ask just the interview process as a whole? Yeah. So we usually have a few different levels to our interview process. So we'll do the initial Google form of, Hey, you know, send us your, um, your portfolio examples of who you've worked with, the things that you can do. And if they match that criteria, we then put them through a second wave where it's a more in depth form very, very in depth with what's their skill level with, um, like Slack, what is their skill level with Canva, with Adobe Photoshop, all of those things. So then we can really get a good sense. And we ask a lot of value questions as well, because we want to make sure that this person matches our business values and that they're going to great, be a great fit for the team because I'm not just hiring them to work with me. I'm hiring them to also work with everybody else in my team. So I want to make sure that that is a fit as well. And once we go through that, that we then move forward with the ones we want to move forward and hop onto a Zoom call. And at the moment, it's usually me uh, with where I am in my business hiring. Soon it will be, you know, maybe our head coach hiring the support coaches down the line and then our head VA and our OBM doing that instead of me or COO. But for now, we hop on a Zoom call and I really just spend the time getting to know them. 
when I'm on that Zoom call with them, for me personally, it's getting to know them, their values, their vibe, because you can teach a skill to anybody. It'll take a little longer if they don't know how to do it. However, if you're already doing it in your business, it's gonna be very easy to train them how to do it as well. So I truly feel like finding someone who's a better fit for you as a business as well is a much better route to go than only looking for those that have the skill set. 1000%. I'm curious, what do you think? Yeah, no, I totally, totally agree with that. I feel like I've had hires where they really fit the criteria well, but personality wise, it wasn't a great fit. And I would Mm -hmm. so much rather have it be the other way around. Um, and I do, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think if you have somebody with the right vibe and the right, uh, personality and the right values and all, all the things that you're wanting in a team member, they're usually going to also be the ones who can watch a tutorial video that you create really quickly and, and learn the skills that you want them to, because they're usually more dedicated to doing so. And they're like really excited to learn something Mm -hmm. new. So I, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. And something I want to add in about starting to hire, because I do see a big pattern in new entrepreneurs, business owners, when they make their first hire, where it almost turns into a roller coaster where they hire, fire, hire, fire, hire, fire. And so what I usually see happen is somebody will go in, they'll make their first hire a virtual assistant and they spend a lot of time training them and I don't want you to get overwhelmed. There is a little bit of work in the beginning to train your first hire. However, in the long run, it's so worth it because you train them once, maybe twice, and you're done. However, what I see is a lot of entrepreneurs like to have that control. And so instead of giving them that full power, that full delegation, they stay in as that solopreneur and still wanting the control of all of the decisions. So for example, let's say that you're my virtual assistant and that you're taking cover you're taking care of chargebacks and every single chargeback you have to come to me and I have to make a decision for you. Yes, that's good. No, that's bad. Yes, that's good. No, I don't want to prove that. Instead, what we want to do is give them, give your employees some power in your business as well. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. But this is going to make your life easier and take more off your plate. So if you give them some type of golden rule of, hey, you know what, any chargeback, $200 or less, you go ahead and approve. I trust you. That's fully on you to decide. Anything above that, then come to me. You want to start to take more and more off your plate. Because what I see is a lot of people will hire their first employee or first contractor, team member, and feel like they're still training, 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 because they're still making so many of the decisions. And in turn, they think to themselves, well, I'm still doing so much of this work. I'm just going to fire this person because I'm still doing the work. And so then they fire and then they get overwhelmed again. And then they hire because they need the help again. And then they still make so many of the decisions and they end up firing again. So it's a huge roller coaster. And so we do get to give more and more of that to our team members to really empower them to be part of the team and make some of the decisions with you as well, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. I I can hundred percent see that happening. I think especially because what I've noticed with people who are hesitant to hire on in the first place is I see a lot of people, especially in like forums and Facebook groups saying things like, oh, I'm just too much of a control freak. I could never give this up. Like I could never, (laughs) I could never trust somebody to care about my business as much as I care about my business. And I get that feeling, but it's like at a certain point, you've got to be able to let go a little bit. So what advice do you have for people who are stuck in that position? You know, 
my advice for you is we've all been there. Like I said, I was the best one woman show and the stories that I would tell myself were I can do it better. I can do it faster. It's going to take me longer to train someone. So why not just do it myself? And so I want you to start to think about how can I shift this story that I have? And here's an example. Like I'm such a numbers gal and data's gal. Like here's an example for you. If you go and hire a virtual assistant five hours per week at let's just say $10 an hour for easy math. And that can give you 20 hours a month back, 20 hours an entire month for $200. Imagine what you could do with those 20 hours back. You can close five new clients at $1,000. So you hiring and delegating for 200 this month could help you generate an additional 5,000 in sales. That sounds pretty rad, right? And so start to shift the story on how it can actually help you and serve you and even help your clients and create a better customer experience with your clients by hiring additional help so that you're not exhausted. Because I guarantee you're probably feeling some burnout right now if you're by yourself in the business. You get to ask for help. You get to hire for help. I love that. And I think it's so common to see people... Um, I don't want to say fool ourselves because that's not, that's not hundred percent accurate, but we do tend to say like, oh, I love that I'm a one woman show. Like, I love that I'm doing all of this by myself because I'm really earning it. Like I'm really doing this and, and I get the ownership part of it, yeah. but I also think that that is, um, limited. And I think that that that's like a finite feeling. Like I think that will eventually turn into burnout and then you'll regret that decision. And, and I think a huge problem, I don't know if you feel this way, but like waiting until you're burnt out is like the worst time to hire. It's the worst. You always want to prep and hire ahead of time. We're always prepping two to three levels, like ahead, always, always, always. So I could not, could not agree more. Like we've got um, two support coaches right now in one of our signature group programs, and we're looking to hire one or two more. Do we need them right now? No, but it's going to take some time to train them. And so we want to have them ready for when we do need them. So always prep ahead. Could not agree more. Yeah. I love that tip. Um, okay. So where else can we like try to scale our businesses through team members? Like what else can we, can we put out there to really like grow and scale our team? So it's really going to depend on what you need. So, I mean, I, I know so many people who they've got million dollar businesses, multiple, multiple million dollar businesses and only have four or five team members. So it really depends on how much you do want to have on your team. Cause you can automate so much in your business. Then I also know so many multiple seven figure business owners that have like a team of 30, um, but you want to start to delegate and then think about, okay, what are the systems in my business right now? What are some of the tasks I'm doing in my business right now? And which of these can I, number one, delegate or outsource? Number two, which of these can I automate? Because that's going to really help you scale as well. And then number three, which of these are things that I just don't need in my business? Is this a task that I'm doing in my business that isn't adding value to my community or to my clients, isn't helping the business, isn't generating more income? There's a lot of tasks like that that we still do, but it's not actually helping us. And so to scale, it's really thinking about, okay, what are the things I can start to remove? Then how can I actually create a process around this, right? If you have someone helping you make graphics every single week, but it's taking them eight hours to do this, it's probably not a great spend of their time, create some kind of system with them together so that they can copy all of the 
templates, the click of a button, and then just change a few things every single week, if that makes sense. We want to make things as repeatable and efficient as possible. And that's where I think a lot of people get stuck. And a great thing that we use, a great tool that we use is Toggle. We, I love using Toggle because we can see what our team members are doing, how much time they're spending on each activity. And the great thing about being that solopreneur and doing everything right now in this moment, if that's where you are, you know how long most of your tasks take. And if you don't, go ahead and start to time yourself when you're doing this. If you have a podcast and you edit your own podcast, how long does that take you to do that task? How long does it take you to write your copy for the week or import all of your new emails to your active campaign or MailChimp, whatever you use? Because you want to have a great idea about that. If someone was to come to me and tell me it was going to take me eight hours to upload my podcast, I'm going to like ding, ding, ding. That doesn't, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't seem like a great use of our business time. And so that's another great tip for you to start to continue to scale, but be thinking ahead. Always be thinking ahead. We, when we hit multiple six figures last year, like we were already planning and adding seven figure systems into our business. And now we're working towards the multiple seven figure systems and we're so close. We're almost there, but we're always planning ahead. So that's what I want you to think about is what do I want my business to look like? six months from now, you know, 12 months from now, two, three years from now, and start implementing some of those things now so that you don't get burnt out and that your business doesn't overwhelm you and cause you to crash and burn. Cause that's not fun. I can tell you that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's not fun. <laughs> totally agree. Um, I love that you're sharing, you shared so many tips, I think in just like that one, I feel like it was like one overarching tip with like 10 <laughs> tips inside of it, which is great. And I did want to just, uh, you know, point out one important thing that I, that you touched on is I think so often when we do delegate tasks, a lot of times a pitfall that I see is that sometimes people do take a little bit longer doing certain things. And we, as the boss tend to blame our employee or a contractor, whoever's doing that task, like, oh, they're not doing it fast enough, but it's really our job to see like, yeah. where is the disconnect? If that's not their strong mm -hmm. suit, put them on something else or help them uh, become like set up for success. So do you find that there are other pitfalls in that same way that people should be wary of? Yeah, you know, I've definitely come across that with some team members and that just means a little bit more training, a little bit more time to see, you know, really go through, okay, what is it that you're doing? So take me step by step what you're doing. Let's figure out how we can improve this. When I was an engineer, I was always improving processes. So it's one of the things I love to do. Like, how can we do this faster? How can we do this better? So I would definitely recommend having that training system in place and recording how you do it. That's what I do. Every task that you do right now, you can just do a simple record today on your Zoom so that you have that ready to go. You always want to be improving those things. So yeah, I've definitely come across that. That's why that toggle is definitely important so that we can see kind of what they're doing and adding golden rules into our business with our certain employees helps as well. And so for example, if your employees don't really know what to prioritize, golden rules are a great thing to do. So, you know, my head VA, for example, she knows that any support email that comes in, we get to respond to that within 24 hours. That's a huge priority. And, you know, any client question that comes in within 24 hours, because our client experience is one of our most important things. And so we have some golden rules set. You know, if this happens, then it's got to happen by this time, or this can wait until, you know, next week. So she knows, okay, she doesn't need to 
come to Melissa and ask, hey, what's my priority? What should I do? She's got those golden rules already set to go. I love the concept of the golden rule. I think that's awesome. And that's definitely something that I think even I could implement into my team. So thanks so much for sharing that. Um, Okay. Before we wrap up with your unpopular opinion, is there anything else that you think like you just really want to put out there for people who are just getting started on hiring their first few team members? Just hire, 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 hire. You know, it's going to feel scary because it's the first time you're doing it and it's going to be 1000% worth it. It's so amazing. I, right now I'm at about 20 hour work week because I really enjoy the 20 hour work week, you know, four hours a day or so, or maybe a few five hour days. And I'm able to do this because I have help because my team is able to do the things that I don't need to be doing. And I can go and spend three hours on a Monday going on a bike ride with my boyfriend and just all of these different things. And so hiring is so worth it. Your business is worthy of hiring help and you get to help more people. And in order to do that, in order to really scale, you don't get to do this alone. You get to ask for help. So hire, 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 and it's going to feel scary but you get to do it anyways. You get to jump anyways. You get to do it. And it's going to be so, so amazing. I promise you it's, oh, it feels so good. I know. I'm sure that's probably how you felt when you started to hire, just having someone in your corner to help you with some of these things. It changes everything in your business for the better. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. I think, I mean, not only does it free up your time and give you more freedom, but it also just gives you support and you feel like you're no longer hundred percent in it alone. Um, so that's, I, yeah, I think that's, that's just invaluable. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what is your, if you have one, an unpopular opinion on scaling and hiring team members? Yeah. So I actually made a quick mention of this earlier. So I truly believe it doesn't need to be expensive to outsource. Definitely does not. You can find contractors and hire for four hours a week if needed. Like you do not need to hire everybody for 40 hour weeks. So that's so it's not necessary. And so it really isn't as expensive as people may think it is. And it's just not as scary of a process as it is. So that's my big unpopular opinion is it isn't as expensive as you think it is. A lot of people are afraid, you know, a team of 10 people is going to be a $30,000, you know, overhead each month. I don't have the expenses. I don't have the business expenses for that. I can't afford that. You can, you can afford team members, even if it's just one or two right now, it's a few hours a week. You definitely can. So that's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, I think that a really big factor is that people think in absolutes and Mm -hmm. they think that it's all or nothing. And you're like, okay, either don't have a team or I have to go all in on a bunch of team members and spend all my money and then I won't have any money left for myself. And that's like, absolutely not how that works. (laughs) No. And what you can do is baby steps, like baby steps, baby steps, baby steps, take hire one person train that one person and a few tasks and then think about the next hire like one thing at a time does not need you do not need to go out and hire five people for your team today that will overwhelm you and that will cause you to burn out as well so baby steps I love that. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. This was awesome. And hopefully some of our listeners can start making those moves to scale their business smartly and like get some really great people on their team. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Had a blast. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to so here's the thing podcast.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode.